wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. A welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your drive time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, folks, thank you so much for joining us here on Drive Time. We love uh, to have you have you with us. And now, look, guys, if you'd love to share a positive, positive thought, if you'd like to share a comment on one of the issues that we're discussing, if you'd like to simply say hello, then all you need to do is to text us at our studio text number. And our studio text number is 04888 80811 uh, and we really appreciate getting the feedback that we have been getting uh, over the over the recent uh, recent weeks now uh, this week uh, we've been following the theme the Bible Jesus and the end times and today uh, we're asking a really significant question is talk of the end times just sensational Fear-mongering. Now, this is so important because, you know, the thing I'm conscious of is that there are so many people today who are struggling with various fears. Are we simply adding to their load of fear by talking about the end times? There are many who would say this is simply a conspiracy theory. I hope yesterday and the day before uh, you're convinced that, hey, the scriptures are very clear, uh, that uh, indeed uh, the end times is certainly presented in the Word of God. But is talk of the end times, is it more than just sensational fear-mongering? And today our co-host is Lindy Sperring. Now, uh, it's fantastic to have Lindy in the, in the uh, studio. Lindy is actually a Victorian. Now, we do actually allow Victorians uh, here in <laughs> uh, uh, here in South Oz, uh, but Lindy's a Victorian who ministers right here in Adelaide. She's the prayer ministries leader uh, in the uh, South Australian uh, Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, welcome to you, Lindy. Hello, Pastor Gary, and hello to our listeners. What a great privilege it is to be here today. Thank isn't, you. Isn't it good to be uh, living and working in South Australia? It's a fantastic state. Yes, I'm a Victorian, but I love Adelaide and we love the whole state. I, I, I tell you what, uh, the uh, the weather at the present time, I mean, we're certainly getting into autumn, aren't we? Did you realise that we're actually into autumn now? I can believe it this morning when I'm up at 6am, it's dark and it's quite cool. It's definitely autumn. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. When I was out walking this morning, I sort of thought, hey, it's uh, the days have shortened almost by an entire hour in the morning and I'm sort of starting to think this daylight saving, I actually call it daylight robbery, uh, I'm praying that the Lord will actually shorten this in some miraculous uh, in some miraculous way. You think they should finish it at the end of February and not wait till the end of well, March? Well, in my way, I wouldn't start it. Um, but, uh, uh, I think so, a few farmers would agree with you. Yes, yeah, I, I realise that. Uh, yeah, now look, uh, let's come to our World Watch segment because, uh, Lindy, I do have 
something I want to talk to you about because I'm really conscious of your uh, background, your work background, your experience. And uh, this article really fits into how you have uh, ministered in a, in a previous life. Now, uh, I was actually reading just this morning, and this is a, an article that just is hot off the press, just came through uh, today. It wasn't there yesterday. Uh, this uh, comes from the Religion uh, News uh, News Service, and uh, it was uh, uh, talking about some uh, uh, some actions that the government government of Canada uh, is uh, is legislating. And uh, the article's entitled "Is Is the Consumeristic West Headed Towards Killing Those with Dementia?" Now, uh, when I read that title, I thought, "Wow, that's a that's a really significant, uh, a really significant uh, statement." What's actually happening? And of course, this is Canada. This is not Australia. But you know, it just seems that uh, whatever Canada and the states do ultimately filters through here to uh, to, to to Oz. True. Um, and uh, this is uh, this is what the article says. We imagine anyone who needs help to thrive as a burden. And thus, the compassionate thing to do is to end their lives. This is terribly ableist, says this article. Now, this is uh, this is what it says. Uh, in just a few days, Canada's revised and poorly named Medical Assistance in Dying Bill will come into effect. The bill allows those who have serious and incurable illnesses disease or disability to be killed as long as following two criteria are met. Firstly, they've got to be in an advanced state of irreversible decline in capability and uh, secondly, have an enduring and intolerable physical or psychological suffering that can't be alleviated under conditions uh, that the person themselves considers acceptable. Disability rights activists have rightly been up in arms over this. Even if one thinks of aid in dying is acceptable, this is obviously not that. Uh, This is a capitulation to the ableist, a consumeristic, throwaway culture in which those who do not get adequate care are structurally coerced to think of their lives as not worth living. And then it quotes from the New Atlantis. Now, this is a, a, another new uh, uh, paper out there. Uh, this, uh, the New Atlantis has done some great reporting what, uh, on what is actually going on here and what it found is profoundly disturbing. People who otherwise want to live cannot get the support and care they need and thus feel compelled to choose physician-assisted killing. Sometimes that's because healthcare providers have actually brought it up to them as an option when they say uh, they, um, they, for example, weren't able to get a wheelchair ramp into their home or they needed spinal surgery. This is not a real choice, but rather pressure on the poor and vulnerable to seek a physician who will help them kill themselves in the midst of profound injustice. The ideological support for physician-assisted killing is so strong in the halls of power in Canada's medical fields that, well, even the organisations you might think uh, not to be in support of it 
have actually offered their support. Consider, for example, the fact that the Alzheimer's Association, the organisation that is that is supposed to value and defend the dignity and goodness of human beings with this disease, actually decided to work hand in glove with Compassion and Choices. It's formerly known as the Hemlock Society, an organisation committed to killing more people with dementia. Only after incredible blowback from civil rights and disability rights activists did the association put out a release saying that the values of compassion and choice, or the Hemlock Society, are inconsistent with those of the Alzheimer's Association. Significantly, the association said, we deeply regret our mistake have begun the termination of the relationship and apologise to all the families we support or who were hurt or disappointed. This, uh, the article goes on, is a step in the right direction, but it reveals something about the current structures of our medical system in the developed West. We are terribly ableist. We imagine anyone who needs help to thrive as a burden both on themselves and on the culture at large. And thus, the compassionate and supposedly wise thing to do, especially when it comes to just the allocation of scarce resources, is to structurally encourage people with Alzheimer's disease to end their lives. What we need uh, is to think uh, what we need is a thick vision of the good, the article concludes, which goes well beyond mere autonomy and choice. Uh, this, uh, These choices, uh, one of those choices has been offered by Gilbert Millander in his wonderful article, The uh, this uh, news article reports, First Things, back in as far back as 2010. He suggests that we work toward a Christian vision of love. That vision turns our consumeristic, throwaway culture's assumptions on their head. And yes, it turns a burden into something else, something that, while genuinely difficult at times, is nevertheless a true gift. And then they share this story. As my own children grow older and move on to difficult, to, to different phases of their lives, I can now look back on the burdens of those first few years uh, with regret that I am no longer, that I no longer have the opportunity to be burdened by them in that way. That is, I no longer have the gift of being able to love and care for them in that way. And while my children still provide me with other gifts, sometimes that can seem quite burdensome, there is a deep and profound loss of being able to love in those specific ways of childhood. So it should be for those with dementia and other disabilities. Instead of capitulating to the consumeristic throwaway culture that puts their value up for debate, we should focus on how to burden ourselves with love and care for for one of the most vulnerable populations that is possibly imaginable. Now, Lindy, I, I really... 
Uh, when I read that article, I, I've got to admit, when I was reading it at home, I, I was almost, well, I was reduced to tears, actually. Um, this is something that deeply impacted uh, me. Now, look, I'm really conscious that, you know, you, uh, you're a person of a, uh, you're our Prime Minister's director here currently, but you've actually worked as an aged care chaplain for many years over in Melbourne. Uh, I've certainly, uh, in, in ministry myself, this is, I'm drawing on to 40 years in ministry myself, and I have seen uh, many people coming towards the the end of uh, end of life. I've had to work with families who are dealing with these issues. Yes. I've had to deal with people who are dealing with these issues. Now, Lindy, how do you respond to uh, this type of article? I read the article before we came on air, Pastor Gary, and as you were reading it again, I feel a little uncomfortable. I'm sort of a little perhaps emotionally affected by this, and perhaps it's because my own mother has dementia. Mm -hmm. So I worked in aged care as a chaplain, and my gut response is that this is not right. It reminds me, as you were talking, about what Hitler did in Germany, this dictate to have this pure Aryan race and to put down and end the lives of all those who weren't capable or who were not not just Jews, were were terminated there but were those who weren't people. regarded as being able to contribute to life or perhaps didn't have some ability there were some of their abilities weren't around i, I don't know about you pastor gary but i often say we're all disabled in some way mm. we we all mm. have challenges in life mm. and here this this theory that is happening it's wrong it's 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 just so wrong it, yeah. in so on so many levels, and you know I, I try not to get too fired up. But when I worked in aged care, one of the blessings that I had, it didn't matter what that person was able or not able to do, they were a person, mm-hmm. and it was a privilege to walk alongside of them. And I have grown, and my life has expanded, having the privilege of being with aged care people or people who are older and needed extra help to survive. Mm-hmm. Look, Lindy, let me just ask you a question because I'm just really conscious of the, of the, I suppose, the presuppositions, the, the assumptions that a lot of these arguments are based on. You know, one of the things that I hear repetitiously in my big wide world out there is that this issue of euthanasia or, or mercy killing it's, it's actually been allowed in many Australian states. Right now, uh, you can, you know, it's, it's been adopted in, in multiple states. You know, you continually hear these stories of people dying in agony. Now, you know, I mean, as a result, you know, we wouldn't let our, our pet dog do this. So, I mean, this is something we need to bring in to stop these people dying in agony. Now, look, Lindy, I, I'm going to ask you something here because I think it's, it is vital that we understand what we're talking about here. Look, I've been in ministry now for close on 40 years. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I know I've conducted, I actually, counted one point because I was just just for interest's sake and I think I've buried about 300 people at mm-hmm. this particular point in time I've worked with a lot of families who are coming up to death and I've got to say in those 40 years I have never seen anybody die in agony I have never seen now I I, I accept that there are one or two out there that you may be able to say our family died in died in agony but to me my response to them is yes the palliative care has actually failed miserably but you know to me 
with all the people I've worked with, I have never seen anybody die in agony. In the day and the, in the society in which I am living, uh, palliative care has become, I, I have the, I have the highest regard for people who are working in palliative care. Yes. They are the most, they are the most loving people that I know. Yes, and, and I know that you've had so many experiences, Pastor Gary, and you're feeling the emotions of it. And as I look back on my time in aged care, but not only that, when I was doing my chaplaincy training at the mm. Austin and Heidelberg hospitals, I never saw anybody die in agony. But part of this issue is those people who are living in agony, if you understand what I mean, people who have got constant pain and constant issues that aren't being managed perhaps properly. This is good. So we need to manage those properly. As Christians, there are many ways that we can manage pain. It's not just in drugs. Mm. It's also in a whole range of other modalities and also – Reading scripture, they've shown, helps you with pain. But I just want to reiterate what you've said, Pastor Gary. Not once have I seen, I saw a young man dying and he was on um, some sort of machine and medication and he didn't die in pain because with palliative care, they are able to manage that. And sometimes they will come in and they'll go, if the person becomes distressed or is thrashing around, they will look at the, the medication being given, often morphine, and they may raise it just a little bit mm. to so that that person isn't in distress. Yes. And they may use other things as well, like we've often used music in the room and yeah. other things to ensure that person's passing is not one of agony and distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that I suppose to me we are bringing in incredible dangers with bringing in this type of legislation. You know, in the article it correctly points out the subtle pressure that, for example, the system is able to put on elderly people to actually move in a particular direction. You know, we're coercion. coercion. It's coercion and nothing else. And you know, I've I've actually seen, uh, I have seen. The system already put this type of coercion on individuals. I've seen medicine put this type of coercion on. It's subtle. I've even seen families mm-hmm. put this coercion, coercion on their elderly relatives. Do you know, to me, as I look at this legislation, I turn around and personally, I am totally against it. I am fully, I'm actually horrified by it because what it's saying is that you've got to be fit and able. At the beginning of life, we're prepared to have abortion up to the ninth month so that um, a, a, a fully formed baby is somehow disposable. At the end of life, uh, we've got, you know, those who are senior are disposable. And I, I look at this and I say, hey, you know, what is this actually saying about us as a society? This is a subtle push. I'm sorry, Pastor Gary, to say it, but I'm going to be honest. It's a subtle push by the enemy who wants to destroy what God has created. And yeah. he will subtly go in and and change people's minds and get politicians to start thinking these are all good things. But there are some sensible people in the world who, who may not even be Christians who are against this and they know that the, the, the trajectory of going down this path. Yeah. It, it is not 
a good place. And my mother has dementia, and I would. It is such a privilege to do her finances, and she's back in Melbourne, but I can visit her and I can talk with her and and to help her. And my sister helps her. We are blessed. By helping my mother mm-hmm. who has dementia and mm-hmm. never, ever, ever would I ever consider euthanasia. Mm-hmm. It is not right. It is not right for yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's when you actually realise what the scriptures say about the, uh, about the individual that you actually start to realise the value of the individual. You know, I love what John says, you know, beloved now we're the sons and daughters of God. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he does appear, we shall be like him. Absolutely. For we shall see him as he is. You know, you talk about, um, you know, you talk about Peter, you know, Peter talks about this, you know, there is, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, God's own special people. You know, when I when I look at what the the elevation that God places on every individual, I turn around and say, "Hey, how can I possibly, at the beginning of life, say no? Your life is not valuable because you know our consumeristic society doesn't want you. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God, and only God." Has the right. He created us. No one else has the right to take that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I really felt that this this particular. And, and by the way, you can actually get this article on the Religion News News Service um, uh, uh, wire. There, uh, go online to the to the RNS uh, Religion News Service, and uh, this article is available. Is the consumeristic West headed towards killing those with dementia? Uh, I'm re- really interested that uh, it talks about hey. Uh, yeah, we appreciate people who are able, but uh, increasingly, uh, if you're not able, then uh, our society itself is starting to uh, to move in a direction that um, I believe uh, is positively dangerous. Talk about discrimination. Yeah. Yeah, look. Let's come to um, uh, let's come to some music. This is uh, a beautiful song. It's entitled uh, "The Day uh, Approaches." Uh, please enjoy "The Day Approaches."
that's that uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful rendition of the day approaches. And uh, what a day that will actually be. How how good it'll be when uh, that day does uh, does come. Uh, folks, look, we do have a giveaway book for you today. But today we've got a, a book which is a little bit different uh, to anything else we have ever given away. You know, one of the, the, the groups of people we really care for is uh, is our children. And uh, today, we've actually got a children's book. Now, uh, this book is entitled God's Little Book of Bible Promises for Children. And uh, the, back, the book, the back cover uh, says, In an age in which computer games and TV uh, compete for our children's attention, Pastor Daly, uh, who's written this book, seeks to lead them to God who loves and who cares. The little book provides children with simple, basic moral foundations backed up by Bible promises. Uh, do you know, when I read that, I, I sort of thought, hey, uh, this, is a, this is a powerful little book. Uh, it's entitled uh, God's Little Book uh, of Bible Promises for Children. Uh, now, so often we've actually presented material here uh, that certainly relates to the questions that many of our listeners have got. But look, I'm really conscious that many of our listeners do have children. Some of them have got grandchildren uh, that uh, really, uh, really do appreciate having a book read to them. Uh, maybe uh, there's a there's a birthday uh, coming up. Look, we're really we really believe that this this book needs to be in the homes of the of the growing generation. Uh, God's little book of Bible promises for children. Now, look, if you would like uh, this book, uh, then text us at our drive time text number. Now, our drive time text number is o four triple eight. 80811 04888811 and the code that you that you need is SA106 no gap between the SA and the 106 and our computer we call him Pilgrim uh, he'll contact you get a few details off you uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way way possible 04888 80811 and the code is SA106 and that book is God's little book of uh, Bible promises for children. This is a real little beauty. Uh, we really want to share the message of the gospel uh, with our little people as much as we do with uh, those of you who, who listen regularly in your uh, in your cars. 04888 Eight oh eight eleven, and the uh, that code again is SA one zero six. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Lindy Sparing, and Lindy's the prayer ministries leader for the uh, South Australian region of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Now this week we're following the theme, the Bible, Jesus, and the end times, and today we're asking. Is talk of the end times just sensational fear mongering? Now, Lindy, this is a really, really big question because I'm really conscious that there are people out there who really, uh, you know, they they see this uh, as something that uh, you know they've got enough in their life to be fearful of. Is this something else they need to list, add to their list of things to be fearful of? 
You know, Pastor Gary, sometimes Christians do focus on Matthew 24 and some of the things that Jesus says will happen, you know, earthquakes and other events that happen around the world. And we're seeing an increase in those events. But guess what? God is not willing that any should perish. I'm going to say it again, Pastor Gary. God is not willing that any should perish. He says in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5, He offers us an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us, Mm. who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We have these promises that God will keep us. He will keep us strong. He will keep us safe. He will watch over us in these end times. And when we trust in him, we don't need to be scared. We don't need to be focusing on all of these events that are happening in the world today. Do you think that there's actually a danger that people can get more, I suppose, theology from their newspaper? You know, they read their newspaper and <laughs> they uh, uh, and they see that there are terrible things happening, you know, over there in, uh, you know, with the Russia-Ukraine war yes. at the present time. Uh, they, uh, they see uh, the earthquakes that are certainly happening over there in Syria. Uh, they see, you know, issues that are occurring even in our own little part of the world here, you know, yes. Bush, you know, and, and we sort of say, hey, you know, I mean, these are... These are certainly. So, I mean, Christ certainly said, you know, these things are always going to going to happen. Um, do you think there's a danger of actually majoring on some of these some of these things? Well, I don't know about you, but if you look at the media, it seems they want to promote the negative things more. Yeah. It seems like we we possibly even titillated a little bit more by things that are negative and um, exciting, uh, some of the other language that they use, you know, catastrophic, all of those things. We seem to be captivated by that. Yeah, we've got catastrophic climate change these days, whereas I, I, I look at it and I say, hey, you know, uh, really? Um, but anyway, hey, you know. Uh, there's, there's, the jury's I, out on that one because a lot of scientists say the opposite. But, exactly. But there's, there's this tendency in our human nature I think to focus on all of that exciting overwhelming sort of things and yet we're told by Christ over and over we're told by God that we are to have our faith and he will save us we are are to choose him and he will he will ensure of our salvation of our souls you know I, I travel around South Australia fairly regularly and and we're going this weekend to Wyala. I don't just go, oh, come on, hop in the car and off we go. We prepare. Mm-hmm. We get ready. I, I get my washing up to date. I get my ironing up to date. I might make a meal or two. I work out what items we're going to pack and because I need to prepare in advance for these trips. And if you think about, you were talking before we came on air about Noah's Day. Yeah. What happened in Noah's Day? For 120 years, he was preparing for an event that God had told him about. Mm-hmm. He was building this ark. He was talking about what was happening, but he was preparing. And I think this is why we need to prepare, but we don't need to be anxious about everything. Mm, okay. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. I'm really interested that you pick up that uh, illustration of Noah's Day. Uh, because you know, I mean, this is a uh, this is a story that I mean, Christ refers 
to Noah's day in, in Matthew 24. He talks about as in the days of Noah, Noah mm-hmm. so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, often mm-hmm. when we actually think about that, what we what immediately comes into our mind was that, okay, this was an incredibly depraved society, which is exactly what Scripture does say. Uh, and that's what we tend to major on. But if you think about it, uh, there was actually uh, uh, God called Noah to make preparation. There was a delay of, you know, in that case, 100, 120 years. A long time. Uh, a long time. Uh, Noah preached. Noah built the ark. Noah had to prepare. And then uh, after preparing, the flood finally came. That's right. And, you know, to me, as I look at that, I turn around and say, hey, look, you know, that is, you know, that really says something uh, to us today, doesn't it? Well, it does, and I think that sometimes we we lose sight of that. As you say, we focus on, yes, society wasn't good. We focus on today's society isn't good. We hear about, you know, people breaking into homes. We hear about murders nearly every week. There's a woman being murdered. There's there's all sorts of things that go on in society that can rattle us and make us feel uncomfortable. We've Mm. certainly seen that Mm. since COVID. But really our focus needs to be on preparation, you know, and we should be excited. We're going to see Jesus come. We're going to see him face to face. We're going to see our Redeemer. We're going to see him come in the clouds. We're going to see the end of the things that have brought us fear and anxiety and the beginning of an, a, a, being un, not corruptible. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Mm. And the word of God, which lives and abides in us. All of these things in the scriptures are pointing us to this, this amazing time. We, we should be filled with joy, not fear. Yeah. 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 You, you, you know, it's almost like, you know, I mean, uh, if in fact I, you know, I'm recognizing that there is a legitimate danger to my children. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I turn around and uh, that which I uh, which I say is, you know, no, we, you know, not going to do that, you know, because there's, you know, there's water there, you know, and you know the child is too is too young, yes. so you know I, I'm putting the I'm put the the boundaries actually in place, and I, I just sort of look at this and I say, hey, you know, we actually serve a uh, serve a God that uh, is doing effectively exactly the same thing. He is. He's yeah. trying to protect us. He's trying to watch over us. He's warning us. We we live in a battle zone, in a war zone, if you like. This world is a war between Satan and between Christ. And God is saying, I'm letting you know this inside information. I'm mm. showing you what's coming upon the earth, and I'm I'm preparing you because I love you and I'm not willing that any should perish. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I appreciate what you're saying. Now, look, we're going to take a break just uh, just there. I, I really appreciate what, all that you're saying. Um, we uh, uh, our time is starting to to come away from us. Let's uh, let's come to this uh, song. I love. I I know who holds tomorrow. This is uh, Alison Cox and the uh, Alison the Kraus and the Cox family, and uh, it's a beautiful rendition. Please, uh, please uh, enjoy. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from the sunshine For its skies may turn to gray Don't worry 
Touch the sky.
And that is Alison Krauss and the Cox family I know who holds tomorrow. How thankful I am that I know who holds tomorrow. You know, there's nothing that gives more certainty, uh, more direction, uh, more understanding than knowing that the Lord God, that Jesus Christ himself uh, actually has tomorrow in his hands. Uh, love, uh, love the thoughts of that song. Now look guys, uh, back to that, uh, that book that we're, uh, we are giving away today. This is a really, uh, different offer. We have never made an offer, uh, like, uh, like this. This is an offer, uh, for your children, uh, for your grandchildren. Uh, this uh, offer is entitled, uh, the book is entitled today, God's Little Book of Bible Promises for Children. Uh, in an age in which computer games and TV compete for our children's attention, Pastor Daly uh, seeks to lead them to a God who loves and who cares. This little book provides children with simple basic moral foundations backed up by bible promises now look this is really worth uh getting your uh getting your hands on now look if you would like this little book god's little book of bible promises for children then please text us now our studio text number is 04 888 11 and the code uh, that you need is SA106 and uh, this uh, this particular book uh, I believe will be an incredible blessing to your uh, to your children SA106 no gap between the SA and the 106 uh, just uh, just five digits in a in a row uh, and that uh, text number again is 04888808811 and that will go directly to our robot uh, uh, we call him uh, Pilgrim, and uh, he will come back to you, and he'll uh, ask a, a few, get a few details out uh, off you, uh, so that uh, uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible possible way. I believe you'll greatly appreciate uh, this uh, this particular book. Love to uh, to share it share it with you. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, a big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Lindy Sperring, and Lindy is the prayer ministries leader for the uh, South Australian district of the Seventh Day. Adventist Church and this week we're following the theme the Bible Jesus and the end times and today uh, we're asking is talk of the end times just sensational fear-mongering so let's come back to that question uh, uh, we've been uh, moving in various directions there uh, Lindy um, is talk of the end times just sensational fear-mongering it can be, Pastor Gary, let's be honest, because sometimes people stir up fear and exaggerate it. But you think of it like this. When you go for an operation, the doctor will tell you the risks. He wants you to know what could possibly happen. He wants you to prepare for that operation. And we have this loving God who gives us the word of God to prepare us. It says in Second Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. And I think this is a clue to preparation, knowing the word of God. We need to read God's word every day. Mm -hmm. I do it first thing in the morning when I get up. 
I spend that time reading his word. I make some notes. I might pray through the chapter or I might make some notes what's in the chapter so that I can know God's word. If we're going to prepare for this, this not terrible time, but this amazing time of when Jesus comes, then we need to know his word. We also need, Pastor Gary, to repent or turn back, if you like, if we're on a path to destruction where it's not just destructive to ourselves as well as the others around us, we can turn back. Mm. We can say, I don't want to go that way. We, we can repent and turn back and refocus and work out what our priorities are. And so, you know, this preparation, it shouldn't be fear-mongering. It shouldn't be consuming us that we're scared and anxious and we just want to stay home and lock all the doors. It tell me, be- tell me, Lindy, just, uh, just take us in a slightly different direction. Look, I'm just wondering... I mean, you've worked in chaplaincy, as we've said earlier in this in this meeting, yes. uh, in, in this uh, this program, and uh, um, you know, I've certainly been in ministry, and I've certainly ministered to to many families who have been facing uh, death. Yes. Have Have you noticed a a difference when people face death with this hope? You know, the hope in a you know in a in a God who saves. Have you noticed a difference between that uh, and people who don't have this hope? Absolutely, absolutely. When I worked in Advent Care in Victoria, worked in the hospital system, those who had a faith in God, those who believed in seeing Jesus and the second coming and being Mm. raised up, Mm. they had a peace and a gentleness and a a hope in their hearts. Mm. They weren't overwhelmed by the fact that they were going to die. They they felt that they could go that path without being distressed or concerned. You know, it's interesting you actually say that. You know, I just uh, a little while ago I actually had um one of my one of my church members actually uh contacted me and said, you know, they had a a friend that they had been uh, attempting to share their faith with for for many many years, and uh, this fellow was now coming up to. In fact, he he died within about two days of me me actually seeing him, and he said he said something to me. This is the advert the, the a church member. He said, you know, he he would like to chat to a pastor. Uh, would you come and come with me, and we'll go and visit him? And so I certainly went along and visited him. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically his his message, what what he shared to me was just so so profound. You know, his entire life he had actually given a hard time to the uh, to this uh, to this church member for his faith. Uh, I mean, they were good mates, and uh, okay, the, the hard time often happened over the you know the golf course that uh, that type of thing. But uh, now that he was coming up to up up to um, uh, up to death, uh, some of the really big questions of life uh, were starting to uh, really impact his mind. Yes, and he didn't have. This thing called that, you know, I appreciate that you've said the peace. Mm. You know, I, I went and visited this uh, this particular fellow, and uh, he um, uh, I, and I actually asked him. I said, "Look, you know, do you want to accept Jesus?" And uh, his his comment was, "I feel I feel a little bit of a a little bit of a hypocrite after yes. the way I've mm-hmm. treated uh, you know and." Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, 
I said, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, um, you know, we're talking serious stuff here. Yeah. And uh, he accepted Christ. But the really significant thing was that, you know, he was able to die with peace, peace in his heart. His heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something that I, you know, to me, this particular teaching is actually so important. You know, is this something that creates fear in the life of individuals, or is this something that creates exactly the opposite? Certainly what I found in my experience is that it actually creates exactly the opposite. Mm. Well, absolutely, and a lot of people ask in that state, and we talked about this earlier in the program, but when they're in that age state or they're unwell, they ask the question, who am I now? Who am I now that I can't perhaps drive the car? Like my mum can no longer drive her car. And there's a lot of questions that get asked. And so if we're getting back to this, um, you know, is talking about the second time fear mongering, I think, to be honest, sometimes we have. Talked about it, it can like be that. talked about in that way. We become anxious. Yes, you know, my, yes. my children, my family, my parents, or whoever in my life has not given their hearts to the Lord, and I'm trying to tell them to hurry up, and I may have missed sharing the most exciting part of it, sharing the love that God has for us, sharing that he's, he's just warning us like a doctor warns us before an operation, like when we plan for something. He's saying, look at this information. You can now make a choice, yeah. and you can be ready, you don't need to be fearful. Because when Jesus comes in the clouds, you know, we're going to be taken up to into the heavens with him. We're going to be changed. We're going to become like him. We're going to grow and experience and live this incredible life. Yeah. So different from what it's like here on earth. And so I just, I think about all that, Pastor Gary, and I, I think I'm sorry in the past that I've perhaps shared it in such a negative way or a scary way. Yeah. I yeah, want to yeah. share it in a loving way and a powerful way. And yet I find when, you know, I, I mean, to me, to be able to share this with a, uh, with a person who is certainly coming, asking the really big questions of life, mm. what this does is brings a peace Nothing else can you know. I, I think of that passage that we actually we actually finish our uh, our drive time every day with a, a text of scripture, uh, and it actually comes from uh, John fourteen and uh, and verse twenty seven. Uh, I'm leaving you with a gift, uh, yes. is what Jesus says: peace of mind and heart. Yes, and the peace that I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled. Or afraid. Do you know how easy it is to actually present even the second coming as something that is, you know, something to be afraid of? Whereas, in actual fact, if it's presented the way when Jesus is presented as the heart and the core of um, of our belief, what you find is that that actually brings peace. And when a person is actually coming up. Uh, to the uh, concluding hours and days of their life, this can be the most uh, peace, uh, uh, peaceful um, reality they can possibly. Un- they Absolutely, can- and and just when you're going into an operation, you have to trust that doctor, that specialist, that he's going to do the right thing. We can trust in our God, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for our grandchildren, for our loved ones, because He loves them far more than us. We do not need to have fear and anxiety, and He He gives us promises in the Word, like in First Thessalonians, and may the Lord make 
you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Mm. Beautiful promises from the word of God. Read the word, know the word. And live the word. Yeah, look, that's incredibly powerful. Lindy, look, we do need, need to conclude. I'm just wondering, how would you feel about praying, particularly for people who might be troubled in some way today and people who might be struggling with, for that peace, which only the, only the word of God can bring? Thank you. Father God, you're an awesome God and so worthy of our praise, Father. We know that you created everything and we know that you created us and that you love us. And there may be people listening today, Lord, that need a great measure of your peace in their lives. I pray that you will lead and guide them, Father, to the truth of your salvation, to the the good news, that amazing news that we have salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. I pray that anybody is suffering or not understanding that you'll open their minds and hearts. I pray that you'll lead them to the love letters that you've written through the word of God, through the Bible. And I pray that your peace will descend upon all those who are listening this evening. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. and Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Lindy Sperring on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh uh, will be asking apocalyptic books. Should they scare me? Hey, if ever there's something that can scare you, it's the apocalyptic books. Really look forward uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 